Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Greetings. Welcome in on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have you uh Glad to have you with us right now, 61 degrees, already very windy out there, 15 mile per hour wind coming out of the south right now. Air quality's good though, we'll take that. Air quality index right now at 41, we were at like 140 or so yesterday. It was bad yesterday. So it was a lot worse, yeah. so uh, a lot better with uh, with that today. Uh, could be flirting with 90 degrees the next two days as a uh, fake summer. Uh, has a little bit more of a run here before we start to cool off for the weekend and into next week. Uh, glad to have you with us. Got a very busy show today uh, all over the place. It is a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. This is uh, your chance to tell us what that thing that happens in your life that just ticks you off, that bugs you, that bothers you, that maybe you don't think anybody else wants to hear about. Uh, you can share it with us, and we do want to hear about it. We're asking you to share it with us. You can do that on the Rickstown Recognition text line right now at 402-479-1400. You can wait till the segment starts at 710 and give us a call on that same number, or you can get involved in the conversation at facebook.com slash LNK today. So a lot of opportunities there for you to get involved in what chaps your hide Wednesday. Get it off your chest. Have a little fun along the way as well. Uh, guests today include during the eight o'clock hour. Well, we had six o'clock hour. We got Chad with uh, talk with cop at six fifty-five. Uh, then eight o'clock hour. We're going to talk tech first time for a while with Jason Peterson and uh, find out what all this hoopla about AI is and the potential problems with that. It'll be interesting to get his thoughts on that. And then John Bishop will join us for his regular spot at eight thirty-five today. Um, boy. Yeah, Mark, yes, well, good morning. All, all of this, you know, I was an ag reporter for years, and AI and ag means a lot, something art, different than artificial <laughs> yeah. intelligence. Don't worry, I, I giggle to myself <laughs> yeah. every time I see yeah. AI. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. so I mean. The, whew, I, was, yeah. I was like laughing. I saw the AI thing, and I was like, oh, man, think of the ag version of that. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Jack sees yeah. something very different when he reads open AI than what Mark sees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the AI, the ag version. You're the freaking worst. It's funny to think about it with the ag uh, experience and things. AI. Automatic implement? Yeah. Uh, Close enough. Yeah. Okay. The artificial's still there. Yes. Oh, I got it. I got it. That's going to be your entire rural tour now. <laughs> Just day after day after day across Nebraska. But if you're if you're going to actually own the Dumbbell Ranch, you're going to need to you, you may need to get certified. Oh, in AI? Yeah. Okay. The ag type. All right. Does that come with the certificate? Maybe yeah, it one, does. one up in your office. <laughs> I don't know what but you got to be you got to have uh, quite a bit of training, so I don't think the term is certified, but it's, uh, yeah. Okay. Expert? Master? <laughs> no, I wouldn't call it master. <laughs> Unless you're baiting a hook. Oh, God. I tried so hard uh, no, not to no, say. No, anyway, no, no. goodness sakes. Yikes. Uh, Moving. Wow. Wow. Went there. Stream fire danger. 
Yeah, we got wildfires. It feels like a lot of different down places, around, Mark. What's the situation yeah, well, this morning? Pretty good-sized one down around Fairbury. Uh, did some evacuations, I understand. Well, one out in New Jersey, affecting a lot of people. But uh, it, I think the one over in uh, Cass County is uh, under, finally, they've knocked that one down. But this one down by Fairbury, 2,600 acres, the last I saw. We've not gotten an update from uh, NEMA, so we're waiting to hear that. And I know, I mean, obviously I understand that, you know, the weather conditions when you've got windy, warm, dry conditions, that's, and, and the, that's a big deal. A but lot of why fuel. are so many happening? There's just a lot of fuel out there. Okay. Uh, why are they having, you know, what is, what's the ignition point? Um, it could be a discarded cigarette. It could be uh, a vehicle that's, uh, you know, parked running and, and in some tall grass. It could be sparks from a train. Okay. Uh, going by it's, it's really hard to determine okay. sometimes and sometimes it's just maliciousness and stupidity yeah uh yeah like two-thirds of the state uh is basically covered in this current red flag warning right yeah, now and, and even more tomorrow with the uh, uh fire weather watch yes um so we've got that and then we got you know a couple of couple of topics that are that are heavy ones here this morning uh the legislature will uh, continue into the discussion that they've got for whether or not Nebraska should put uh, additional restrictions on abortion. And, uh, you know, we've we've discussed this kind of the back and forth of this over the course of this legislative session. It comes back to the floor again today with really the big question, guys, being whether or not there is an amendment that's filed uh, and successfully passes to change essentially the heartbeat bill, which is six week ban, uh, and roughly, move it up yeah. roughly, move it up to what would be to, uh, an exact twelve week ban. Right, that's an amendment put in by uh, Senator Murvripe. Right, and w- with you know, that's at least some of the thought being the the latter is going to be more palatable to some of the senators who are kind of on the line on this thing and maybe the thing that you need to do to get the get the votes on here um I, but i don't know you know i, I, I this is, it's it's kind of going to be a question i think for some of the senators of whether you compromise or whether you stick to where you're at on this thing in either direction with this and are you are you willing to do that and sort of gamble hey it's going to be all or nothing on this thing and there's a lot of senators that are going to have to make a decision on that they're going to impact what happens with this whole thing yeah there's there's a lot of vote counting going on Mm -hmm. yeah without a doubt so that comes to the floor of the uh of the legislature today it's first up on the schedule and then i believe they're getting into the um the gender affirming care discussion tomorrow again that's my understanding of the legislature which is another round of that um i also understand that coincides uh, (laughs) with the westboro baptist church planning to come in here and doing a big demonstration um near the capitol as well so uh that happens to fall on the same day we covered those several years while i when i was in topeka yeah I bet you did. Yeah, yeah. They were. They, I've uh, the the only time I've been in person near them, actually, weirdly enough, is while tailgating for a Nebraska football game. What game was that? They set up. Boy, I don't remember. It was it was a few years ago. But um, in that lot, uh, someone we knew had a, a tailgate set up just by the 
by the practice facility, just to the the west of the practice facility, uh-huh. and then on that little grassy area uh, that's even further west of there, kind of by where the roundabouts start. Yeah, um, they were they were set up there with several demonstrators and flat, and I'm not even sure what it was related to specifically at the time. There might have been something that was okay. being discussed with policy, or it might have been a more a more general thing. Um, so they just was, up and decided a Husker Saturday was the day. Well, you get in front of a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you get it. You get in front of a lot of people. So that was the one time I was there in person, and that was a interesting, uh, shall we say, interesting experience. Yes. So we've got that, and then at the school board meeting yesterday, there was some discussion about a sign that teachers in Lincoln Public Schools have been given the option to display. Um, I'm looking at the sign now. It's um, it says all means all, and it's, uh, got a, uh, a depiction of, and I don't even know to describe the, the rainbow flag, but it's kind of like a, a bigger version of the rainbow flag now that includes more colors. Um, and then a statement that says, uh, LPS believes that all means all encompasses our students who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. As part of our community, they're valuable and entitled to a safe, inclusive environment that best supports their learning. It's essential we at LPS provide and model this in the buildings, classrooms, and community they navigate daily. We stand in solidarity with these students, staff, and community members. The individual displaying this card is committed to advancing safety, equity, and dignity for all. Several Members of the public spoke related to these signs as some of the teachers who chose to had put those up in LPS schools um, and talked about what their their position was on that. And it kind of comes down to this question of, is this a political expression that you would prohibit if it were about anything else? Right. You wouldn't you you wouldn't want, you know. Uh, a teacher putting up, you know, the the donkey of the Democrats or the uh, or their the or, elephant of the Republicans or something or like that, or a mega flag or, or anything, yeah, like. or, or or something like that. You you generally wouldn't want that. Or is this non political, and is it simply giving support to a marginalized group of students? It, those seem to be the two battling interpretations of what's happening here, and that kind of draws the the battle lines on this whole thing. Um, the the superintendent spoke um, and, and he said, uh, signs are not about sex. It's about our students as sexual beings. Uh, it's not about our students as sexual beings, I should say. It's about who our students are as humans. Someone's LGBTQ status is not political. This is a human rights issue. We are not asking our staff or our students to change their personal beliefs. Um, and this went through evidently they've got a committee that takes a look at proposals of that signs that could go up uh that are purported to uh, support students and they go through they approved them and so through the uh, social workers at the school teach schools teachers were able to get these if they so chose and put them up in their rooms so that's where we are on that discussion right now but that was discussed yesterday i, I was that an uh, an open mic night at the school board yes it um, was. well i okay. think they have open mic night every day yeah that's, or every that was during that part it wasn't necessarily part of the agenda here at this point so uh just giving you an update as that is uh, something that you may be hearing more about as it pertains to lps so got all that going uh and then on a lighter but disappointing note nebraska baseball cannot beat the other teams in nebraska Nope. This year, they're doing pretty darn well against the Big Ten, 
uh, against good teams in the Big Ten. Uh, they've beaten Vanderbilt this year, but they can't yeah. beat Omaha and Creighton. And and right now, you're thankful that like Doan isn't on their schedule at this point because they're over in the state after a loss last night again. Good thing they're and, not playing a cross city game. Yeah. I think West Westland would be a challenge boy. right now. And it, it and it happened once again in about the most frustrating way possible <laughs> for Nebraska fans, just like the last time against Omaha. Uh, where you're kind of building the comeback, and here they actually got, they completed the comeback. They tie the game up and get into extra innings. Omaha gets a run on a little kind of a thing where uh, Bryce slips at shortstop when he tries to make a throw. The guy's safe at first. They keep the inning going. They get the run in. And then Nebraska, you think, okay, well, they still, you know, they got a good shot. They're starting to hit. They've scored five runs unanswered mm-hmm. and strike out, strike out. And then uh, I believe pop out to to finish the game out, and it, it. I mean, it felt like a replay in some ways of what happened last time around. It Just did. That clutch hitting wasn't there for Nebraska, and they drop another one. And you really started to see. You're like, oh, you're getting these home runs late in the game. They're right. they're, they're starting to do fine against the relievers. Back in 2017. By the way, right now Nebraska is 0 and 3 against 0 and 2 against uh, Omaha, uh-huh. 0 and 1 against Creighton so and they far. Have this Creighton year. again next week. Yep, they will have three more games: once more against Omaha, twice more against Creighton. So they'll play six Let's total against them. Let's go 500. Uh, you'd hope so. The last time Nebraska had a winning record against the in-state teams was 2017. They went four and one. <laughs> That's crazy. So from 2018 to now, they've played 16 times against those two schools. What do you think their record is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe four and twelve. Exactly four and twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Rough. It's uh, it, it's not exactly gone well against those two teams when Nebraska hasn't exactly been bad. You know, since twenty eighteen, they gave Arkansas all they could right. all they could handle. They right. they won the Big Ten conference. The, well, maybe that's maybe that should be uh, comforting in this well, whole thing. Of course, they won the Big Ten conference the year that they couldn't play either. Oh Omaha yeah, that's or that's right. I forgot that was the year that it was only conference. So anyway, they move uh, they move forward. Northwestern comes in this weekend, um, and just in time for the weather not to be as warm. <laughs> they finally got. Was, was this it? Did they finally get good weather for the first time at home this year at that game last night. Looked like a pretty good crowd there. It looked, but. yeah, there was definitely a good crowd. Now, on one of the home runs, there was definitely a couple of people. <laughs> they were not paying attention. Oh, no. They almost got smoked. Oh, no. Uh, but you got need that need that 3-0 and this weekend against Northwestern. That would be very helpful in the conference race. And yeah, just handle listen, the business in the that's league. That's true. If you, you get in there and get, in the, get one of those top seeds in the Big Ten tournament, uh, that's a... That's where you want to be, but sure would be nice. That Omaha team is scrappy when they come here. Kudos to them. My goodness. All right, 624, that is it for what we're talking about this morning. Take a break. Caleb's got a full sports report. We've got the sound off and talk with the cop coming up yet this hour. Listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. 62 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 636. Hey, quick heads up. Two days from now, request line Friday in the month of April, brought to you by Da Vinci's, uh, your chance to win a $45 gift card, correlating with their 45th anniversary. So uh, on Friday, whether you put in a request or not, be listening for that keyword on Friday during request line Friday and get your chance to win. But uh, the theme this week is prom songs. Prom songs. Uh, we, uh, I, I am working, uh, working at post-prom this year once again. Maybe my final year of doing it, or maybe that's coming up again a few years later. I'm Is not sure. Is the playlist sure. changing a whole lot from I haven't ago? I haven't developed it okay. yet. I do have to go back to my one last year and see what worked and, and what didn't. We'll but, put a bunch of suggestions into your box this Friday. There you, go, there you go. I could go. That's what I really should do is I should just bring the playlist yes. that we put together on Request Live Friday. That's actually a good idea, uh, or at least some selections yeah. from it. But we want to hear from you, um, whether it's a, a specific memory from your prom uh, or or whether it's just a memory of a song that would you kind of associate with this time of year, the wind down of your senior year in high school. Um whichever that it is exactly or a specific slow dance or theme or something like that uh we want you to request that song and you can do that as soon as right now on the rickstein recognition text line 402-479-1400 we'll play a portion of the song if you want to shout out your high school your graduating class uh on on all of that too you can do that as well so uh that's coming up on friday we plan to have a lot of fun with that and i'll be interesting to see this is the one where the variety in eras is always interest interesting it is what we've what we've got how far back are we going into the will we get back into the 60s right how far are we going back or forward into the aughts with some of them uh, and we should cover the whole gamut, probably a lot of 70s and 80s, well, it, most it, likely a little 90s. And it's not just that. It's when you, you think, okay, what was a, a song that was popular at your senior prom? A lot of times it might be a, a slow dance song. Right. Other times it might not be. So not only do you have the, the range of where you're at by the decades, someone may have preferred a song that was, we're not slow dancing with our date for this song. Right. You're you're running around footloose uh, style. My son tells me slow dances are no more. At slow dances are out. Slow down. There are they. They don't even do slow dances at proms now. Yeah, the people and not nearly as many people go with dates. What they does prom groups. just? Are they trying to make prom just look like Coachella? What it's are just, they doing? They're just, just jumping dance, around. It's looking like uh, it's just like looking like a dance party. Okay. Uh, the 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 dance floor at a party, like a I don't know I don't know the the fast songs so they have at a Xbox wedding dance hooked up in the corner. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there. I only <laughs> what do is, what is going. I only on? do I only do the post prom. But anyway, you go but, to prom for the slow songs. Uh, it's my understanding they don't anymore. Oh, I'm so close to just back in my day. Uh, yeah. All right. 
uh, let's jump into the sound off. Um, start with some some serious stuff here. The body cam footage uh, was released from the Louisville, Kentucky shooting at oh. the bank. Um, I've not seen it. There is some of the audio in it from here, so just be aware of that if you're you're listening right now. But it is giving people a little bit more of a picture of um, not only what happened, uh, but also. Uh, the heroic actions of police in this uh, to end the threat. From officers being fired upon as they pulled up to the bank. Back up, back up, back up, back up. To the final moments when police took down the suspects. Yeah. Suspect down! Get the officer! Footage seen from two police body cams and a cell phone across the street showed the tense moments of the incident. Deputy Chief Paul Humphrey said police did their job to neutralize the shooter. And even though we saved lives that day, there are people that lost theirs. We need to honor and respect them. Five people were killed by the gunman who was once an employee of the bank he attacked. Gernal Scott, Fox News. And of course, these events and the one in uh, in Tennessee as well are engendering a lot of conversation about about gun policy. And it's frankly, it's just ongoing in our country right now and a lot of disagreement um, but the Republican governor of Tennessee is actually um, putting out an executive order and encouraging the legislature in that state to make some policy changes about keeping guns out of the hands of people who would be a threat with them. Republican Governor Bill Lee is calling on his state's General Assembly to work together to separate dangerous people from firearms, and he wants it done before this legislative session ends. He's adding to that an executive order that tasks the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation to assess the gun buying process. Governor Lee says his order will also set a 72 hour clock for reporting new criminal activity. It will ensure and require that the courts submit timely, accurate information directly to the TBI. He says those changes will strengthen background checks on gun buyers. The call comes two weeks after six people were shot and killed at a Christian elementary school in Nashville. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Meanwhile, uh, yeah. No, I was just going to say that that, I mean, that that's good, like, to strengthen a little bit, try to try to keep things a little bit safer, but that's so hard when the argument against any gun control at all is criminals will still find a way. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, then there's, there's the ongoing argument about, is that allowable under the second amendment or not? I yeah. Mean, can you actually put constitutional any, yeah. where people are, are disagreeing strongly on, on that as well. Uh, the situation in Russia where they've arrested a Washington, uh, excuse me, a wall street journal, Reporter, I don't know if you guys have been following this at all. Did they? Have they little, it was like for espionage. Is that? Yeah. What they, yeah. Well, the United States has now changed. They've had a chance to look into the situation a little bit more, and this didn't happen like with Brittany Griner, I don't think. But they've actually decided that the the justification for taking him into custody was such that it rises the level of what's happening, and they're now considering it a hostage situation oh which is really it feels like really escalates things that official designation that evan gerskovich is wrongfully detained in russia means the united states views this as a hostage situation that the russian government fabricated these charges it elevates evan's case to a special state department office the envoy for hostage affairs president biden is traveling to belfast the white house says 
On the way, Biden spoke with Evans' family. Before leaving on this trip, the president stressed his administration is focused on freeing Evan. And this new State Department designation gives the hostage negotiator's office broader power to coordinate the U.S. government response and even consider a prisoner exchange. Okay. Wow. Um, which is what ended up happening, I guess, with uh, in that situation with Brittany Griner, where they had right. a prisoner exchange on, on that one as well. Uh, and yes, the president is in uh, Northern Ireland uh, now, traveling traveling back that way for a significant anniversary. It's all about history, political and family on President Biden's Irish pilgrimage. He's marking the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, which finally brought peace to Northern Ireland. The president will give a speech in Belfast after meetings with local politicians and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. Then he'll cross the border to the Irish Republic, his ancestral homeland for several days of engagements and visits to parts of the country with family connections. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. All right. No surprise onside kicks there while you're there. Uh, uh, Former President Trump sat down with Tucker Carlson on Fox yesterday for a wide-ranging interview. A lot of stuff coming out of this one. How about a little bit of a summary on this? Trump made an appearance on Tucker Carlson tonight, Tuesday, when he was asked about how he was treated while being arraigned in Manhattan last week. People that work there professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough, tough place. And they were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. Trump was indicted on charges related to hush money payments made to adult film star Stormy Daniels. He's pleaded not guilty to 34 felony counts. The former president also said even if he's convicted, he's not dropping out of the 2024 presidential race. Jill Nato, Fox News. Nobody can spin a tail. Were they they crying? Were they really crying? And apologizing. I mean... It, they might have been doing that. I don't know. The crying. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Could happen. Uh, state of Kansas, just south of us. They're making some changes to their smoking policy. No, not that smoking policy. Oh, Sorry. The one about. <laughs> they're restricting some people from smoking, but not the ones we want them to be restricting <laughs> from producing smoke. No, this has to do with the legal age for smoking, and they're uh, they're raising that up. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly signing a bill Tuesday which raises the minimum age to legally buy tobacco products from 18 to 21 years old. This will begin on July 1st. It's not just Kansas. 41 other states have also increased the age to 21. And back in 2019, the federal government raised it to 21 also. That means Kansas and other states whose minimum age was still 18 could have lost out on federal funding for substance abuse programs if they didn't make that change. This new law will include cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, and any other tobacco product. John Saucier, Fox News. I was, uh, I didn't even know that Nebraska had done that a while back, that they had made it 21. I still uh-huh. had the laws from my, the, the, my youth in, in my head when my son turned 18. I was like, well, don't do it. You can buy tobacco now. Like, no, actually, that raised. That's twenty one now. Right. So, you uh, you still can't do that here. So that's the vast majority. In fact, I think it's only. I think it stands only Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York are the uh, states where you can still buy it at at eighteen at this point. So, uh, that's and then, how it was when I was in. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's school, how it was here it was too. When I turned eighteen. Right, and then uh, on kind of the opposite side of this, across the pond. You know, we're we're they're they're looking for um, ways to 
get smoking down, especially in London, still a lot of people uh, who are smoking, they're trying to get those numbers down. But the UK government's taking kind of a different tact with vaping than the uh, American government is. They're basically encouraging it over there. Yeah, take a listen to this. The British capital is known as the Big Smoke, although smoking rates have been declining here for years as they have across the UK. The current rate of around 13% still means 6 million Brits regularly light up and smoking is the number one cause of preventable early death. That's why in a world first, 1 million vaping starter packs are being handed out, plus vouchers worth $500 for pregnant women trying to quit. There will be critics, though. Health officials warn the long-term effects of vaping are still not clear. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. When are they going to know? If I mean, I've, I've heard that for 10 years on this, like the long-term health effects on, on this are, I mean, I guess it takes a long term to, to figure that out. But, I mean, like, is it a potentially better option or not? And if it is, why wouldn't you? Say, okay, this is a, 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 and I know the FDA here approved actually a couple of them for uh, actually for, uh, to, to help people with smoking cessation uh-huh. here. But is it a, is it a good thing or not? I mean, I know it's not a good thing when you're a kid and you're not doing either of them, uh-huh. or you're, I guess you're an adult and you're not doing either of them and you just start the one, uh, without having ever smoked, which is, I think, what's happening with, most of the youth right now, it's a change from when we were probably kids and and there were people smoking yeah. uh, outside of the schoolyard. It The vast majority of it is is vaping and not smoking now. And so that obviously is an issue. But in terms of people, if it's a one or the other sort of choice uh-huh. in the nicotine delivery system, like when will we know if that's it's like just as bad, not as bad, unknown? And then what do we do with that whole thing as a society? Because look. I don't need to tell you. Not sure if you've seen any uh, like storefronts in the city of Lincoln recently, <laughs> but I mean, there are obviously some people doing this because they're supporting about ninety-seven stores that are selling it here. Yeah, uh, in the capital city. I'm I'm wondering if because you don't know the long-term effects, and you're you're in the we're in the moment. Like the vaping right. is in the moment right now for us, and if it's an either-or, I have no idea. For the people that are getting started with it and they're starting with vaping, are we going to look back at this the same way we look back at, oh, turns out cocaine was bad for you? Right, right. Or or cigarettes, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a, you know, like you watch any of those documentaries in the uh, about the 60s. Uh, or even seventies, like, like I was watching. Recommending well, not not necessarily that, but I was watching like a Bob Dylan one the other day, and it's like everyone constantly uh-huh. in any building in any place, just non-stop. It. I mean, sort of a wonder any of them are alive after yeah. after all that. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I heard. Uh, well, I, I want to move on to some other things, but it's an interesting topic here with this. I want to end with this one here today. Um, it could be the end of an era. Uh, now, I've never been to one of these. I've, I've heard of them. I probably maybe am not young enough to be in the real peak age for this. But you remember Tupperware parties? Uh, <laughs> people would get together and and uh, get the various Tupperware needs fulfilled there at these parties. Apparently, the Tupperware <laughs> business model, sadly, here in 2023, it is not soaring like it was at that time. The days of Tupperware parties could be over. The iconic brand... 
warning it could go out of business after 77 years in your cabinets. The company, founded in 1946, said it's been failing to attract younger customers and is examining potential layoffs. Worries for the company that makes kitchen and storage containers started when the New York Stock Exchange warned the company's stock could be delisted because it didn't file an annual report for 2022, shares falling 90% in the last year. C.J. Papa, Fox News. Kind of ironic that Tupperware is in trouble for not being organized. Ah. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you one of the. I'll tell you one of the reason. It, it's that that industry hasn't evolved to make it. And I don't care if it's Tupperware or Ziploc or Glad or whatever it is. There's no way I've got a I've got a cabinet where I've got that stuff in in my house. I just reorganized it, threw a bunch of stuff out. It's going to take about three days. For that to just become a disaster avalanche of plastic again, mm-hmm. it's I I just and I we need them because you, we have leftovers a lot, but I I it, I cannot find a way to keep them organized. And I know somebody's going to tell me, oh, we got a lid thing and we got all, and then and then you buy the sets, and what I really need are the big ones. But the sets come with like eighteen of the tiny ones that you put salad dressing in. Yeah, and then you get like I don't, two bigger ones. I've used I use those once every six months. I need the big ones. Which I know you can buy separately, but they're more expensive if you do it that way. I don't know. That we need a little bit there hasn't been innovation in that industry like they should have been. And when that happens, there are casualties in uh-huh. the industry. I'm sorry, Tupperware. Our, we have an organizer for it. And we have a toddler. Did you so use it work? Yeah. Like a like a, was that like a lazy Susan type thing with the lids or what is no, it? No, like? just just effectively there's just a separator that we put into our our cabinet and the bigger lids go here, medium sized lids go here, smaller lids here, and then everything else just stacks. Wait, next you to don't them. keep the lids on them? No. Well, then how how are you going to stack all of them together? I don't know. Room? I don't know. I've tried everything. It's just. Again, it'll Wait, eventually are, get to a point. You I are op- trying to organize these in the most inefficient way possible. Oh, it's their fault. Putting the lids on them? That's a, that's a, that's are you kidding it's the me? industry's fault. It's not mine. 654, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're- I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, 657 LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Officer Chad joining us. Good morning, Chad. Good morning. You today? Do you guys good. always wear your badges like around your neck now? Or do you still pin them to your shirt? Or I saw Well, you're... I'm wearing mine under my shirt today because I'm in training with a bunch of recruits, so okay. I'm not in, in street uniform. But Okay. Um, yeah, if we're, if we're carrying our gun, if we're on duty, uh, we have certain things we have to carry in badges. You have to have your badge. But, yep. but you don't. So it, it can either be pinned on. Uh, it can or, be or, well. The only time it'll be pinned on is when you're in your street uniform, or right. um, like the other day when <laughs> driving a cruiser back from the garage and came up on a fight in the middle of the street. So oh, jumped out of the cruiser, pulled my badge out of my shirt, so it was easily seen and said, "Stop fighting." Yep, um, among a few other things we have to say. So, <laughs> all right, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with Crime Stoppers. What are you working on? All right, let's talk about the Brick Bandit. Uh, this guy. Went to a residence in the 1600 block of Redstone, threw a brick right through the front window. Got some pretty good pictures of him. Looks like he's got a one of those real skinny ponytails, a baseball hat, wearing a mask, but also wearing necklaces too. So should be fairly easy to identify. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is Walmart Shoplift. 
Uh, the reason we picked this one is there's a couple suspects here that we think are involved in several high-dollar shoplifts, so we'd kind of like to get them all identified. Uh, this one, Walmart reports that three individuals took off with about $500 worth of alcohol. Whoa. Yeah, left without paying for it. Took off in the Nissan Maxima that's pictured here. Uh, it looks to be between a 2019, or excuse me, Nissan Altima. Altima. Sorry, yeah. Altima. Uh, 2019 to 2023 with dealer plates. If you know any of these people, we'd sure like to know. I, I know because we have an Altima. But it's oh. a 2014, so we're all right. My mistake. <laughs> I, I'm so, corrected. Uh, how can people help out if they want to? Uh, you can give us an anonymous tip at LincolnCrimestoppers.com or give us a call at 402-475-3600. All right. Thank you, Chad. We'll see Thanks, you next guys. week. 7 o'clock, Caroline Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right. Welcome back. 62 degrees in the capital city. And it is time to open up those phone lines, text lines, Facebook lines, and find out what is chapping your hide today on a Wednesday morning and get it off your chest. And we are going to start this morning because he was first in with Mike. Good morning, Mike. The floor is yours. What chaps your hide? Hey, guys. Um, Well, I don't, kind of a celebration, I guess. I, uh, Open my Black Hills energy bill and I'm below three digits. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of a untapped to hide, but after I had to call in and say that. But um, and also, hey, LES and Lincoln Water aren't those public utilities entities owned by the taxpayers? Yes. Why are we paying sales tax? Why are we pay- say that again? Why are we paying what? Sales tax. Oh, sales tax. Sales tax on those? It's a good question. Yeah, I could, I could call them, but it's just a lot more fun doing it this way. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more fun, a lot less. What, what, a lot. Why, why does LES pay a dividend to the city? Good, Mark, I think a flat tax would solve all that. Oh, God, don't no, encourage him. No, 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 the flat tax wouldn't, but the fair tax would. Oh, yeah, there you go. No, he's no Steve <laughs> Forbes, is he? All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. 402-479-1400. What is chapping your hide? All right. Uh, Debbie is next. Good morning, Debbie. What's chapping your hide? 
Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. This really bugs me. I like to get bagels occasionally for breakfast, and usually I get oh a cinnamon bagel or a blueberry, and I you know they cut it and then I have it toasted. Mm-hmm. But what they don't ever do is clean the knife that they've cut it with, and so half the time they've cut a jalapeno bagel oh, or no. an onion bagel ahead of time. So they cut my blueberry one, and I take a bite, and it has that onion or jalapeno flavor residue on it's just gross that's a little surprise <laughs> just I, for you debbie yeah oh i cannot stand that it's so bad and it happens so frequently i wish they'd label this knife is for the sweet one and this knife is for the spicy one you're not so even asking so, for one for a new one every time you're just saying let's divide it between sweet and savory Got it. Exactly, yes. But can you so, imagine how, if you've had a jalapeno bagel and all of a sudden you get a taste of cinnamon? <laughs> That's true, too. It goes the other way. <laughs> I don't know. I think that those spicy ones overpower anything yeah. sweet because I've never had anything that tasted like blueberry at all. Oh, it's just awful. All right, it there you go. yesterday, which made me think of it again. Bagel yeah. shops <laughs> use two knives. Uh, help Debbie yeah. out. She doesn't want to surprise jalapeno. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I'm surprised that you, well, I guess, I mean, like how much debris can, do you need to actually be able, how much bagel debris are we talking to be able well, to taste it? I think it depends it. on how sensitive your taste buds are. Yeah, it depends if you, yeah, that's true. And and look, nobody likes, I mean, the mixing of those two does not sound good, but we've got some people in society who are so intolerant of spicy foods that i mean any even just suggestion even the thought of a jalapeno bagel freaks them out yeah and and, and and i've i've also never understood people who really don't like spicy foods which is fine right i get it you don't like spicy foods they you, you don't like how that feels it burns too much whatever it feels like people who don't like spicy food feel the need to tell everyone they don't like spicy food at every single meal where there's spicy food <laughs> present you know you just sit down and not not have, right? Not have the spicy food. There doesn't need to be an announcement. No one's judging you. No one's like, hey, why is uh, why is Timmy not having the hot salsa here? We're not thinking about that. It's okay. <laughs> we don't need, I don't, you know, guys, I really can't, just can't a, handle spicy food. We, it's, okay. It's, a, it's, it's an extension of posting stuff on social media. <laughs> I, remember, I remember, but it's when, more, it's. It for some reason goes even more specifically with that particular dislike than anything else, right? Like if somebody else orders um, orders uh, a fish or something. I don't. I don't say to them, "Ooh, I don't really like fish." Okay, I mean, it's we just go on, we just go on. But for spicy haters, for some reason, it seems to. Be, I think they're always afraid that somebody's going to secretly give it to them. Like the, like someone's going to secretly give, and they want to make sure everyone around them is aware they don't like spicy food. Ugh, so I don't really gonna... like, I don't, I don't like spicy. Okay, enjoy this potato. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Right. right, right. I don't like, I don't like spicy food. It's a green bell pepper. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to the phones. Can, what does that first one say? I can't read it. It says con. Okay. Uh, Con, good morning. What's chapping your hide? I figured I'd uh, continue the culinary complaints. And, okay. Uh, 
look, I'm Catholic and we just spent six weeks fasting and yeah. avoiding meat on Fridays. Yeah. And all the fast food restaurants are advertising fish sandwiches. Everybody's got an amazing fish sandwich all of a sudden, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it's the Wednesday after Easter Sunday. You can stop advertising your fish sandwich and start. The last thing I want to see on my drive in on Wednesday is Runza advertising a fish sandwich. I mean, he's risen. Let's see Runza getting advertised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Which, but they haven't even come out with the fish Runza yet. That might be next Lent. So be ready. I didn't. I gross. I don't know. I'm. I'm good. Look, <laughs> The, the 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 crab rangoon, you know, Chris yeah. amigos, that was fine. I'll yeah, take that. Not bad. Day. It was not bad. Yeah. Look, I'm not even I'm not even Catholic and I tried one of those. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got me. They got me. It, it'd, be, it'd be all right if they served lutefisk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mark. Oh jeez. Uh, all right, yeah. Thank you, Con. Uh, Appreciate I can, it. I Bye-bye. can I can see the special at McDonald's, McLefsa. <laughs> We're gonna get come on Lent twenty twenty four. No, we're gonna runs. I know we're gonna get a fish runza before we get a breakfast runza. We will. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> it's gonna be like probably like a tuna runza. I'm thinking. Oh, oh. <laughs> There's some oh. people. Listen, well, that'd be like a tuna melt. Yeah, I was gonna say people. Now, I share your reaction, Caleb. Okay, here I am saying what I don't like, like the spicy people. But I don't. I don't get. I don't get tuna. And it's not because I'm prudish about seafood, but I do not understand the the tuna fascination with people who do that. And we just mix that, it with mayonnaise and put it on a sandwich or something like that. explains a lot My wife about will you. do that, and I will be like, that, that is nasty. That is gross. That explains I feel like I'm being so hypocritical right now after my last take. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I better just go to the phones and quit talking. <laughs> Let other people do, do the heavy lifting here. Scott, not Molly. What chaps your hide? I'd like to say good morning, but after that one, I don't think I'm touching my breakfast for a while. <laughs> Sorry. My apologies. I, I don't know what's going on. It seems to be a rash of like six, seven times a week at least anymore. I'm on a road, and the speed limit is about 35. Mm-hmm. I get stuck behind somebody that goes from zero to 25 and about 4.2 box <laughs> and of course you can't get around them and then okay finally they're getting going no i said zero to 25 and not 35 they never hit 35 uh and you're trapped behind them for the duration and t- just hoping they'll turn at every intersection which, right? which means they are going three quarters of the way that you are going right exactly here's the thing if you're going that speed though You'll never hit a red light because you're not going fast enough to ever catch up to the light. That's true. That's right. They're not timed out right for the speed that they're going. Don't you hate when there's somebody in front of you and you don't like how they're driving? You're like, please don't be going the same place that I am. Please don't be going. And then, like, 15 turns later across the city, you're still going to the same place. And then you you find out it's your spouse Especially if you're on Yankee Hill Road between 91st and about uh, 56 because there are... 437 roundabouts. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, Scott, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, and my, by the way, mine still is my biggest one, and it seems like it's coming up again a lot. I'll drive through my residential neighborhood. I won't see a car block after block after block after block, okay? And then I finally get to the point where someone has parked on each side of the road and 
it, it, I'm telling you, you can set your watch to it. Then there's a car coming the other direction right at that moment. <laughs> yep. The whole time, it's a ghost town, but it, nothing attracts two cars coming in opposite directions like another two cars parked on sides of the street. And then, and then the dance begins, right? Me? You? No? Me? You? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Uh, can we both fit through at the same time? Definitely not. Okay. It depends on what size of vehicle you have right? how aggressive you can be in that situation. Yes. I'm telling you, it is just like clockwork every, every single time. All right. I haven't done anything on the text line or the Facebook page yet because we've had a lot of good callers. So let's go quickly to the uh, Facebook page. Uh, let's see. We got a couple of things. Okay. That's somebody uh, who's uh, frustrated with the app. Okay. Yeah, we uh, get it. We know. We do. Sometimes us, we, us too. Sometimes we are too. But uh, let's no, see. Not sometimes. All Peter <laughs> says probably been mentioned several times to people who throw cigarette butts out the window at intersections. Or out in the country. Uh, especially right now. Yes. Today would be a bad day to do that. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, that fire down in Jefferson County is getting bigger. I've, I've been just read. And some structures, maybe some homes affected. Tony said, I spent maximum of four minutes trying to find the answer and gave up, so I'm admittedly ignorant here. I understand the benefits of prescribed burns, but here we are 50 years after landing on the moon, and you're telling me this is the best method of maintaining a prairie in the Flint Hills? Today, the map showed that Lincoln had the worst AQI in the entire country. It's a beautiful spring day, and five-minute bike ride made kids' eyes water. Seems draconian and lazy. Ooh. Yeah. Marty uh, said this. He agreed with that as well. Uh, Deborah says all the trash around the city, Lincoln's usually a very clean city, but lately I've noticed there's trash everywhere. Well, you know, my solution to that, I put this one out there and I don't know if any of the mayoral candidates has suggested this yet, but if they do, they're stealing it from me. Everybody at the zoo, Leo, the lion, the paper eating lion, give me one of those on every corner in Lincoln. People will be looking for trash to throw away because they just love that experience of having that lion suck up the things in your hand. I think another thing that would be handy would be to have a big, heavy ballast in the bottom of every uh, trash can in the city these, yeah. this time of the year. Right. That's a good point, too. Yeah, because if yours is out, as we know with our own driveway trash yeah. cans, ye, the whole neighborhood's finding out what you threw away. My suggestion is wait for a strong north wind, prescribed burns. <laughs> We'll send it back. Uh, no, don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. Uh, Logan says, people, people. That just sums it up, he says. Uh, Catherine says, with Chaps Ride, a high of almost 90 on April 12. Oh, no. We have got we went from me complaining about the cold weather to the listeners complaining about the hot weather. <laughs> Should have been in Scott's Bluff yesterday. They had the uh, state's high and state low for, yes. the, for the day. 33 to 92. Uh uh, Lori says, what chaps my hide? Those who don't have elevator or a buffet line etiquette. <laughs> when she says people who don't have elevator etiquette, all I can think of is that that commercial, uh, the insurance commercials about not acting like your parents. Yeah. Oh, France. Bonjour. We went, to, we went to see my granddad in the hospital this last Friday. My daughter, she got in an elevator. We haven't been in an elevator in a while. Door opens up. There's four people in there. She walks into the middle goes, hi. And I was like, that's adorable now. Yeah. In, yep. t- in 20 years, you're going to be like, don't talk to me. 
Yeah, maybe it's a lot sooner than 20 years. We're all facing the other way. We're all she's looking facing. at everybody. Uh, oh, real quick from Keith. Uh, chaps his side. Most of us try to minimize door dings on our cars and appreciate end slots in parking lots. But then someone takes the coveted end parking spot and they park close to or on the line with the next parking spot, eliminating the benefit of using the end spot. Yeah, I think we just said generally, you think you found a spot, especially happens at South Point by Shields and Trader Joe's. You think you found a spot and you're about to turn in and you're like, there's zero chance I'm going to yep. fit in there because somebody is right up on the line. Yep. 724. I just wish they'd make the uh, parking stripes about two feet wider. Why is that? How would that help? Well, just to give you more room. Oh, parking yeah. spots. Oh, the spots. I thought you said the stripes. No, gotcha. No. The spots. Yes, I agree. Thicker lines. Thicker stripes. And then you're, everybody's going <laughs> to. All right. It's 724. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When snow or so you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all in one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, let's get things started today with number five. It'll be 626 scheduled for debate first thing this morning in the legislature. That's more commonly known as the Nebraska Heartbeat Act. It would prohibit abortions once a fetal heartbeat has been detected, which is usually around six weeks, except in cases of sexual assault, incest, or medical emergency. Senator Merv Reapy filed an amendment that would start the ban at 12 weeks. We don't know where that uh, is in the counting, but... They'll uh, take it up this morning. It's, there's a little bit of a game of political chicken going on here to some degree here, Mark, because no matter what side you're on, um, the, the the compromise bill here, the 12-week one, is, prob- is probably a better situation for you and what you believe than the opposite of the spectrum, which on one side is the heartbeat bill and on the other side is doing nothing. Which is right. a, with the current is twenty weeks, right? The, do it, yeah, and, and leaving it at at twenty as is, and so that's probably better. But do you kind of put all your chips in and say, no, I'm sticking, I'm sticking by my guns on this. I either want it to stay the same, uh, or I want it to go for sure to the heartbeat bill. And you've heard from you know, Reapy obviously is one who thinks the um, he thinks the compromise is a better idea. Senator Albright sounds like. At least the time being, she was the original sponsor, that she's not willing to do that. Um, and so it's all going to be a question of, A, will there be enough support to get the uh, the amendment into the bill, right? And and then obviously, if, if, if not, if it stays original, is there a chance that the original just doesn't have the votes with this whole thing? And you could, which I still think is almost inconceivable... After, you know, about a year ago, we had this ruling from the Supreme Court that you will have gone almost a year and there wasn't a 
potentially with no change in the policy in Nebraska after Roe versus Wade was passed. That's at least on the table at this point. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I'm, and so, I'm, not, I'm not sure either side is willing to give. That's the thing. If if everybody's going all in, it's going to be one or the other, right? And that so the so you may not end. That would be a situation where the amendment is not attached, and you say, "All right, let's count them up. Yep. Let's see what we got the votes. Do we have enough to get over a, a filibuster on the bill that's unamended at that point?" And at least uh, someone like Reapy at least had doubts that there were uh, enough right. enough votes for that. To, I mean, that was his really his stated reason for this whole thing. It was about. It was about trying to get vote something. counting and support. Yeah, it was, it was trying about, to get something. It was about trying to get something. So there's at least some concern there that the original bill isn't going to have quite enough to get over the uh, the filibuster. So, uh, yeah, that takes place today, and we'll see what happens. Number four. Yesterday at the LPS Board of Education meeting, a policy that allowing teachers to display a sign that says "All means all." It's uh, actually uh, a sign that is in support of LGBTQ plus uh, community members. But it drew criticism from some who spoke. The argument put forward was that the flags were tantamount to pushing a political agenda on the students. Uh, Dr. Paul Gausman in a uh, superintendent's uh, section uh, said it's not about sex. It's about our students as sexual beings, as students as humans. He had uh, quite a bit to say about it. Yeah, he said it's not about our students as sexual beings. Just right. to clarify, yeah. Um, and, and so says we're not asking our staff or our students to change personal beliefs. So you have this question that's basically here is, well, are you endorsing a political position on this, essentially, which obviously is a hot-button issue right now as it pertains to some of the policies associated with that? And if you are doing that, is that an, you know not an accepting environment for all students of various political beliefs on this? Um, or are you just is it just about supporting the students and it's taking no stance? Does the sign take no stance on, on I guess, policy issues of the day? I can read you. I mean, I can read you the sign. It's got the flag. It says all means all. And then on the other side, it says LPS believes all means all encompasses our students who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. As part of our community, they are valuable and entitled to a safe, inclusive environment that supports their learning. It's essential that we at Lincoln Public Schools provide and model this in the buildings, classrooms, and community they navigate daily. We stand in solidarity with the students, those students, staff, and community members. The individual displaying this card is committed to advancing safety, equity, and dignity for all. So it says very specifically what it purports to do, but is there meaning outside of that, or do those words confer some sort of a a political message more so, or in addition, maybe even to a message well, of the, support? The that's perception the, probably that's is the debate gonna, right now. The perception is probably going to be taken more that it's it's more political because a lot of people will see it from the uh, from afar and not read all of the uh, corresponding. Right, uh, verbiage on it. Everybody's going to perceive it in a yeah. in a different way because this is such a hot button issue here at this point. So, you know, it's it, 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 we're not. Yeah, it's it's going to be a there's going to be a controversy about this sort of thing because it, it is everywhere. It is everywhere in every state in every legislature. It is people are are back and forth on this issue, and there's it's obviously not going to be an exception here at this point the question i mean i the the difficult question is you know if if you have 
students in in the schools who believe that they're not being supported because they fall into one of those groups how if at all should that be dealt with without taking a political stance i think that's the that's the difficult question i don't have the answer necessarily but that's sort of the narrow line that you've got to walk here and they're trying to with this but some people think they aren't walking up a narrow enough line you know with this i'm a, i'm i'm a little surprised that it uh, actually uh, is coming out now i mean we're less than three weeks to the general election where there are four school board positions hope uh up for that's that's and, true and, and so are these is this i'm sure be these candidates are going to be asked about this at any forums yes. that they're at now yeah yeah i mean and so just just a point of yeah a hundred percent i think you're i think you're absolute absolutely right and actually mark let's get let, let's read i'm going to play three but read me two here because that's kind of a good segue here Number three. Now, there was a public forum last night at the Mount Zion Baptist Church. About a dozen organizations teamed up for the event. Uh, Las Voces, uh, Voces, League of Women Voters, Out Nebraska, NAACP. First forum since the primary. All mayoral and city candidates were invited. Uh, Suzanne Geist was not there. Uh, her campaign said that she had a prior commitment, uh, a campaign event that would have already been scheduled. Uh, they offered to talk to the NAACP uh, one-on-one. Uh, that group per, uh, declined that, so the uh, forum uh, took place. But they are uh, they are having a debate on Sunday. I think five o'clock on Sunday. Uh, no, it's, I think it's a week. For, we're it's not this coming Sunday. Right. It's a week from Sunday. And they're where they're going to be. Do, that'll be on Channel Eight. That right, doing and, that. and they will have a, a forum tomorrow, uh, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, at their April luncheon. Uh, yeah, so they will be appearing in the same place at the same time. At least yes. the, the mayoral and, candidates. I'm not sure, you know, where it, when that'll happen, if and when that'll happen with city council candidates. But they uh, did ab- apparently agree to what's happening on Channel and, 8. And they'll all, and the mayor's uh, candidates will also have a forum uh, next Tuesday at noon for the Liba lunch, monthly lunch, and that is uh, streamed on Liba's Facebook page. Okay, so yeah. Uh, yeah, and that that uh, debate uh, that'll be on TV will be five o'clock Sunday, April twenty third. Yep. If you're wanting to uh, to pay attention to that, and uh, or you can just you know listen to all the commercials in between us talking. <laughs> Don't do it that way. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea to pick how you vote. Number two, uh, COVID nineteen risk dial moved to green for the first time since May of last year. And they're expecting it uh, to remain in green, so uh, they're just saying with the dial green now, they're going to suspend their weekly updates. Uh, Yesterday's numbers, three-week average of cases, decreased significantly, 156 in the last three weeks. So there you go. We did it! We did it! Already? (laughs) It is... uh... Man, seems kind of quick. We had the we had the federal one, and now we got the wrist dial that I thought was going to go on for the rest of our lives. Um, uh, and and I didn't know they were still doing. I remember when we all gathered around when this thing was at its peak, and we would all watch and and broadcast the weekly updates. Remember that? Like, and we had because daily. there was nothing else. I mean, there was nothing else going on really. Right. right. You were just, the governor did them too. We would watch the governors and the mayors. It was like regular TV every day well, or pre- radio. And President uh, Trump. Had. And tr- you're right. And Trump's. Yeah, that's right. We had a pattern there where it was all of the levels of government briefing one after the other every single day on this whole thing. 
Those are some long days. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were definitely some. And, and of course, with, with the move to the green, you, you know, the conspiracy theorists uh, or conspiracy mongers, whatever you want to call them. I saw a social media post late yesterday. Timing on this one in the county, pretty interesting. Man, I would be impressed if there is somebody that was on the fence about the mayoral race and this put them over the edge. What? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand who that person is exactly. Like, I don't, I didn't know where I was going to go for this thing. You know, I, uh, it's a dead heat for me on property taxes and on crime and on streets. But once they made this decision, I'm all in for the incumbent now. I got quite a chuckle out of it, to be real honest. So. Hey, I'm, I'm glad we could finally move back to green after those uh, those 15 days to flatten the curve. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Flatten the curve. I forgot all of this stuff. We talked about this the other day. It's like, <laughs> I forgot what that is like already, and it was only three years ago. But there'll be, there'll be a lot of documentaries as we get older that we can have our kids and grandkids watch. Like, Depending on how old they are, they may or may not remember this whole thing. But That's a- yeah, it'll be interesting when there's sort of the definitive documentary on this yeah. whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I guarantee you that's a premiere I'm not watching. Uh, at some point, I'd be interested just kind of a when I when you kind of go back and you're trying to remember what the whole thing's like. And I mean, I probably shouldn't be too lighthearted about it. I mean, a million people in the country died. Yeah. I mean, a million people in the country died with this whole thing. But just that way of life for six, eight months, especially those first six, eight months, uh, it was... It's just, it, it, it's hard to believe that it ever happened, kind of now, even only three years later. Yeah. Number one. And it looks like we'll have a Big Ten commissioner named. You guys got it. I didn't even see it until the. Tony Petiti. So uh, he is going to, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but. That's re- how I've been pronouncing gonna it. going to be too. replacing, it sounds like, uh, Kevin Warren. Uh, I don't know if the Big Ten's put it out yet, but there have been no, multiple that, reports. It, it's being reported from. Every major sports organiz- every major sports outlet, uh, but yeah, he's he's worked in TV. He's a TV guy, which is the new apparently sort of way to go. Because what's the most, what's maybe the most important thing about these conferences now is that TV contract and the source of the revenue that it well, brings it is, in. He's worked in TV. He's worked with a professional league. He worked with Major League Baseball. A lot of it was working with MLB TV, but. So you put those two parts together, and what what is college athletics really need to have going forward? It's how do you handle something that's so much more like a professional league, and how do you handle television rights and media rights as a whole? He was also president uh, of a video game company. Activision Activ- Blizzard. Yeah. So, so wh- can they roll NIL into this some way? Um, yeah, I'd love NIL with League of Legends. Is that what Activision is? That is one of that, those. That's yeah. what Activision is. I mean, isn't man? Isn't it crazy though, Caleb? You, you go from, you know, the Warren thing was, you know, the Warren thing. Which, by the way, that was largely that whole same COVID period, right? It yeah. feels like that was the that was the beginning and end of the whole Warren thing. But Jim Delaney before that, and he was such a sort of traditionalist with the Big Ten and the you know the the Rose Bowl and all of the legends and leaders it feels like you are going and of course expansion happened under his watch and so he was forward thinking 
But man, this feels like a different world for the Big Ten than they were in for most of the last oh, couple, very much couple so. of decades when Delaney was Delaney was the uh, the head of the league. It's a completely different world. Yeah, that, that where in things, college sports uh, that, that where things were five years ago, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, uh, but Warren, you know, to Warren's credit, to Warren's credit, the, the the COVID thing will always be a discussion about his legacy there. But he also ended it with that TV contract yep. that he signed, which is paying everybody a lot. And, and it's whether or not there was there were others that worked on it, how much input there was from the Council of Presidents and Chancellors. At the end of but at the end of all of he's, this, he's still part of though. his him him being the commissioner out there. It's you got that media deal, and you added USC and UCLA. Yeah, uh, that. Yep, you're right. That. So you got on the front end, you got the COVID stuff. On the back end, you've got those huge things about the conference, kind of defining his his legacy. But it'll be fascinating to see what this uh, what Tony Petiti wants to wants to do, in what direction so. he'll take the conference. All right, that's it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred nine nine three KLIN. When you've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your four hundred one k and home, isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on your Wednesday morning. 58 degrees in the capital city. Even better news, air quality index 39 right now. So uh, we are in the healthy range. That's nice. And uh, as I said, it's it's been a long time that uh, since we've talked to Jason Peterson to, to talk a little bit about what's going on in the tech, social media, marketing world. And so we're bringing on our uh, longtime guest from Generate uh, Marketing to uh, t- talk about some of the news that's out there. There's a lot of it right now. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Good morning, Jack. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good to talk to you. I just... I. I I texted you last night because it just seems like there's a ton of stories kind of in this realm right now. And you always do such a good job of sort of, um, of, of talking about them in explainable terms and how that might, might impact us specifically. Uh, I want to start with the uh, latest, just over the 20, last 24 hours or so, this news about Twitter. Um, and this came from actually someone who's getting sued by Twitter. Laura Loomer's getting sued by, by Twitter. Um, but, she tweeted out that in some of the pleadings of this, that Twitter is now, Twitter Inc. just doesn't exist anymore. And it's been subsumed by what's called X Corp, which is something that Elon Musk has talked about for a while. Well, this has actually happened. 
to the best of your ability, can you explain what this means and what you think this is going toward for Twitter? Yeah. So, yeah, I know, Jack. It's It's been like uh, the, the daily uh, guessing game of what Elon Musk will tweet each day, what he will say, what he will not say. Um, and, and, and what's hard is it's how do you discern the difference between what is a joke because he has sometimes a very odd sense of humor and what is fact. Um, and in this particular case, you're right. There is, um, and not surprising. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, he spent an absorbent amount of money on Twitter and the ROI is not very good right now. As I think I shared with the listeners, even before he took over, Twitter was losing a hundred million dollars a day. So, you know, they were already hemorrhaging cash. So, what it would appear, and again, I, I don't pretend to be some legal or financial expert, but uh, attempting to, you know, absorb it into a conglomerate uh, as in, within his holding company. Now, here is the question that I don't know, Jack, is, you know, Alphabet owns Google, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook changed their holding company to Meta. Right. So... So what I don't know is, is it just in name only or as as it's, they've alluded in some of the, the reporting thus far is, you know, <laughs> what what's going to happen? You know, is 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 the brand going to change? Is the name going to change? Uh, there's been discussion about him privatizing it by doing this, because ultimately, if he doesn't have shareholders, then he can kind of do whatever he wants to do. Right now, he he still answers to the board and he still has. Uh, some due diligence as it relates to being a publicly traded company. So, so honestly, Jack, that's kind of the thing I'm watching for is what, what occurs in terms of how the company's position is as its own, you know, independent, uh, entity that interacts, you know, with consumers. I don't know. I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out that like, look, I don't care how much money you have. If you have an asset that's absolutely just completely not making you money, um, so people tend to take very drastic measures. Now, am I suggesting they're going to kill Twitter? I don't know if I'd go that far. But I also would say, on the other hand, that with, with Elon Musk, he's a very unpredictable guy. He's very impulsive. Um, and, and again, I, I think we just need to kind of watch and really pay close attention. But um, there's no question that whatever changes that are going to occur, I do think there, we're on the horizon for some additional drastic changes to Twitter. You, ma- you make a good, a really good point, actually, about, you know, maybe there's more freak out about this than there was meta and, and that kind of, although there was initially about that. And since then, it doesn't feel as different as we thought that it was going to be. Alphabet, Correct. those sorts of things. I guess the only difference here is that Musk has kind of talked about this, this X brand. And creating what he calls an everything app, and they brought up this app called WeChat as as an example, which I, I guess is used in China. I don't know much about this. I don't know if you do exactly, but there's apparently some vision, Jason, of of an an everything app is is how it's yes. described. Do you, what do you understand yes. that to be? Well, and again, I think the the way I would characterize it is, I mean. We know that Amazon is the outlier, right? Typically in business, the strategy and the way that you're coached and everything in terms of the, the, uh, you know, what we're taught in business theory is you focus. You focus on a certain number of things. You try to be great at a few things, not 
good at a lot of things. Well, okay, Amazon kind of broke that mold and said, guess what? We're going to prove you wrong. We're going to be, you know, great at a lot of things. Now, I would argue that even in the case of Google, they prove it the other way. There's a lot of things that Google has failed at, so they're great at a few things. So I think what Elon Musk is trying to borrow a page out of Amazon's book, which is, hey, guess what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to make this so it's the 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 distribution of how this app would function is broad reaching, which would and could include, obviously, the Twitter component. So I do think there is some, I say, justifiable, you know, I think it's, you know, speculation that's worth at least paying attention to that the app could evolve in which that it's not just limited to Twitter. So you're right. I mean, this is this is the part of Elon Musk, I think, Jack, that's so in, in this era that we live in where it's, you know, constant, you know, tweets every day and stuff that's happening is, you know, here's his vision. Now, is he going to actually execute on that vision? Yeah. I think that's what's what remains to be seen. But I do think, Jack, this this notion of trying to be good and all things to everybody, I think definitely now uh, Amazon proved that that's possible. And I think I, I see Elon Musk's approach to business now. Uh, he's trying to borrow a page out of Amazon's book, in my opinion. All right, let's move on to another topic that has uh, been something that we've brought up a few times the last couple of weeks on our show, the open letter calling for a pause on the development of AI um, that got signatures from as Elon Musk, uh, Steve Wozniak, several other, I mean, hundreds of other tech kind of thought leaders, and they yep. basically said, we, we need to do this. Now, Congress is talking about it a little bit, but man... It feels like anytime there's a congressional hearing on anything technology related, it feels like they're way behind even us on these yes. on these sorts of things. When you hear that, that you've got these people who are saying, uh, we're worried about this. We need a six-month pause. How concerning is that to you? And, and what do you think the types of things they're thinking of are when they say this? Well, I mean, I'll be honest. And again, like like my wife and I were talking about this last night that, you know, Look, I'm a capitalist as much as anybody. I'm an entrepreneur. But the reality is when you have things, and, and I mean, this is the grand experiment, but uh, <laughs> but you don't, capitalists don't, don't tend to self-regulate. The reality with AI it is imperative that there are some sort of guardrails in place. I don't care. I mean, it's very clear, and I'm all for making money off of this technology. But the truth is, we are already struggling right now with a great deal with, I don't care where you sit on the political fence, uh, what is truth, what is fact, and what is fiction yeah. has become a really difficult thing to reconcile in the last five to six years. And a lot of that has been pointed towards, you know, information, social media, news, whatever you want to want to, you know, point the finger at. But to me, this complicates this. This is something where there is a great chance to have someone use this and there are already people already using the technology and inserting it and starting to integrate it with some software and different things. And again, I think there's some parts of AI that's incredible. I think it's, it's a frontier that they've been talking about for decades. I mean, since you and I were little kids, Jack, but I think what's happened though is what the, the, these, these thought leaders, even including the Bill Gates, and Steve Wozniak, for the listeners that don't know who that is, that's a guy that co-founded Apple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy's a smart guy. And the, the, the challenge is, is if so much has occurred 
in its ability to learn with this generative AI approach um, where you're feeding it stuff. Well, that's we're talking about exponential change in the last eight months, six months. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how do you get ahead of that? Now, according to Bill Gates, he's like, dude, you know, the, whatever this thing, like the, the horse left the barn, dude, it's at, the train left the station, man. There's no pause that's going to prevent anything. But on the other hand, I still, even regardless of what's going on, there needs to be continual push, I think, for just, we we need to make sure we get our arms around and making sure that we use this as much as we can. Of course, you and I know, Jack, people are going to use humanity. We use things for the power of good and the power of bad. And that's been a, a, a part of technology since the dawn of civilization. So that's not anything unique. But this is so powerful that I, I would be lying not saying that I am a little concerned. Normally, when I get on the radio, I'm like, you know what, let's just wait and see. With this one, no, I, I would say, you know, I'm really hoping that, like, they, they said something about an AI bill of rights. I have no idea how you legislate this, but I do think there needs to be a continual push for constructive dialogue to try to at least re- realistically rein in how, how do we make sure this doesn't just, you know, become loose? And I think, honestly, the biggest threat is the, the misinformation. How do we separate fact from fiction? We're already struggling with that. Hmm. And this sort of technology harnessed in a bad way is only going to make that even more difficult. Then then last question for you. I mean, it, it, I've gone on and I've messed with the, ch- you know, uh, chat uh, fun- the open AI, the chat things. And, you know, I did funny things with it. Like, I don't yeah. quite know, like, I don't quite know how I would you like how I would truly benefit for, you know, in what I do. And, and, and I can kind of see what they are in other, but what's the, what's the good side to this part of, you know, the, I guess the consumer part of AI that we're, we're seeing right now. Do you have any sort of glimpses of, of wh- how that can be used, how it will be used, sure. how it can make things better? Well, I think to me is, okay, so there's a lot of, for example, let's use the medical industry, okay? When we're trying to come up with cures for extremely complicated, but I talked about this last time, is that using AI to harness the ability to learn, okay, we need to run, you know, 50 million scenarios, right? on how to do this. Well, okay, if we're talking about the treatment of cancer and eliminating cancer altogether, well, using AI as a, you know, like a a piggyback or an engine to do that. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's incredible. So I think when you look at when you're trying to solve problems, I mean, here's another great one, Jack. I read a great article the other day about how terrible weather apps are (laughs) and how like we know that no matter how many great apps we have, the weather prediction is always awful. So <laughs> one of the greatest uses of AI I can think of is weather predictability, trying to sit and figure out what to do. I mean, our, something's happening with our Earth. We don't necessarily know. There's a lot of debate and conjecture over that. But golly, wouldn't it be great to put a quantum computer, which I talked about this time last time, you have some AI going, well, then that stuff could crunch on that in a way that a human being and even a regular computer cannot. Yeah. So... I do think there's some really great positive things. And I would say, Jack, since our last conversation, when I I learned that the paid version of this is when it's a lot more big. 
the free stuff that you and I can call jack around with, it's very pedestrian and kind of hokey in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But it's when you pay to play, you have an entirely different tool set at your disposal and you can already do some pretty radically, uh, you know, smart things. So, like I said, I mean, I think for me, I, I, I tend to try and look at things through both lenses. Um, so, I mean, is there a lot of upside? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of challenges that humanity faces in a lot of ways that we just, we, we've been tackling or trying to tackle these problems and we're just not getting very far. Um, but on the flip side, we're going to have to really be careful because I think to be able to ensure that the bad doesn't outweigh the good, you know, we need to have these thought leaders and we need to have the people that are going to make money. And let's be honest, hey, man, I'm all about them making as much money as they can. But there has to be some, I think, like some collaboration and some conversations and some difficult conversations to have so that, you know, this this doesn't. Uh, you know, get out of control for, yeah. for everybody. Uh, Jason, great conversation. Thanks for putting that all in, in perspective for us. Uh, let's do this again sometime soon. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we appreciate your time, all right? Sounds good, Jack. Appreciate it, man. There you go. Jason Peterson, Generate Marketing, Talking Tech with us. Got to take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. All right, 839 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 59 degrees in the capital city. Air quality index 41. In in the winter, we give the wind chill as the secondary number. Number In the spring, we give the air quality index as the secondary number. Um, and it's good today, so that is good. At least they say it's good today here at this point. Uh, you may still smell it out there. Uh, John Bishop joining us from our sister station, 16. 20 the zone good morning john how are you doing today i heard a rumor that the big stuff going on at the capitol today was actually the supreme chancellor going in front of the uh, galactic senate and declaring war against kansas is that true i don't believe that i think you have some misinformation i don't think jar jar gave uh gave him any uh extra <sighs> authority here dang it well, all right. Better luck next time. Glad you're here to make that joke because I couldn't have. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Here, I only watched the first Star Wars because I'm cool. I watched pod racing. Uh, that's the last one I watched was the pod racing one. I've got to get updated after that someday. <laughs> I'm, te- I'm telling you, John, here's when this whole Kansas thing comes to a head is when it, they, it gets up to a level of like uh, 225 or it's one of those really bad days. 
and they uh, the spring game is scheduled, and they're like, I don't think we can play the spring game out in these conditions. Oh my God, that would you know what? That's I when think this. I think this is worth it. I mean, we've we've already sacrificed one spring game to the weather gods about ten years ago. This might be it. We might. I, I, I mean, I, listen. I, let's be honest. Spring games, in the grand scheme of things, do not do much to get a team ready for the upcoming season, right? I mean, it's for the fans. As as the people of Nebraska, if we're going to stick together in all kinds of weather, smoky or non, we need to make the sacrifice and say, we can't do this. We can't be outside in this. It's too much. That's what will bring national attention to it. And and then maybe we can get the sympathy of the American people and get this this hideous illegal practice to end. Uh, yeah, that would. I mean, it's not too much of a stretch. You could see a coach saying, "You know what? I got players who are who are having respiratory problems. I'm not going to put them out there. It's about the players." And they it, when it's really bad, if it times out right, it could happen. It could happen at some point. I, I I heard somewhere that this is the reason why Dylan Rayola wants Georgia. <laughs> the air quality. Because that, he doesn't want to be living. That would also do it. He, he doesn't want to practice in the spring with, right. you know, conditions that are akin to being, you know, hot boxed in a closet with your uncle who smokes too many camels. That's, jeez. Yeah, that would uh, that would be the other thing that might move the needle on this thing. But for now, we are where we uh, are. I want to I want to hear what you think about the uh, what sounds like is going to be the new Big Ten commissioner, according to multiple outlets yesterday. Tony Petiti, a new commissioner, decade working for Major League Baseball, executive at all of the major networks, uh, oversaw the launch of MLB Network, and then was in the video gaming world uh, at some point too. Most recently with Activision, Blizzard uh, Incorporated. I guess, first of all, just a broad question. When you see this resume, what does it say to you about what, you know, if if this is what the powers that be in the Big Ten, the direction that they want to go, what does it say to you about their mindset right now in the whole scape of college athletics? Well, uh, that, you know, it is what we've always, well, not always, but what we have come to be believe conferences are here for. Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, they are, they are television writers and television producers. They are content makers. And the Big Ten Conference, the conglomeration that they've joined together, is a marketing vehicle to sell that product to networks. That's what, that's what schools are now. Um, they are content providers for television. And, you know, you see it here. Um, you see it with, you know, some other moves being made in college athletics that the, that this is the most important thing. It's not about, you know, attendance. It's not about, you know, uh, any of the other stuff that we have come to believe, you know, the college model has been about. We've gone past that. This is about providing content and selling that content to networks. For, for the best possible price. And, you know, the Big Ten, obviously, th- this that's the curious thing about the move is the Big Ten already has its deal, right? right? I mean, they just they just signed it last year. Right. Uh, and it goes into effect this next season. But, you know, always thinking ahead to what the next deal might be, even though it's, you know, still seven years down the road, there are other things that, that you know, could eventually happen. And, and certainly, 
you know, further expansion, further conglomeration of, you know, conferences and, and teams and, you know, the, the shrinking of the, uh, the overall pool of, you know, major college football programs is, is certainly out there on the table. And I think moves like this just, you know, emphasize that that is now the new goal and purpose of the Big Ten Conference is, and, and not just the Big Ten, obviously the SEC is that. And, you know, all of these leagues, they are content providers. They're trying to sell their product for the best dollar that they can get. And, you know, having someone who's got experience in, you know, television and on the entertainment side is more important today than people who have previous experience running conferences and, you know, understanding all those things. You can go ahead and you can hire your, you know, your other underlings, you know, your your associate commissioners who oversee this sport, that sport and the other thing. They can handle all those final final finer details. But the biggest detail, the one that, you know, keeps this league going, the television deal, that's 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 what this move's all about, in my opinion. Yeah, you I, you touched on this. It was going to be my next question, but that's I, I was going to ask. Okay, so yeah, the deal just got signed, right? I mean, I understand why that is such a huge, huge role for the commissioner in this place. But how much of that TV stuff, you know, gets used? TV experience, entertainment experience. How much of that does that get used in between negotiating these contracts? Do you think? Oh, I think it's always out there because as we've seen, contracts are also made to be broken, right? Um, you know, as fast as things have changed in college athletics the last five years, um, there's nothing that says the next five years it might not change even faster. Um, we've, we've, we now know that realignment is never off the table. Um, that, you know, contraction or, you know, going and grabbing other schools. I mean, the Pac 12 is on the cusp of, you know, imploding at this point because the best deal that they can find is with the CW. And I can't imagine that's going to go over very well at Washington, at Oregon, at Stanford, uh, at the Arizona schools. And so if, if that, if that eventually happens, who's going to be left to pick up the pieces? It's understanding, you know, how much more value does school A or school B bring to the product? Mm-hmm. And that it's also in yeah. reacting to, sure. you know, what other leagues might do. As we saw the last the last round of realignment got triggered by Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. And you never know when that next move is going to come. I mean, you know, we have and, and you and I remember this growing up. We have a uh, we have a sports college sports equivalent of the nuclear arms race from the 70s and 80s. Right. going on right now between the AC, the SEC and the Big 10 it's a, it's about oh oh you guys just added a few more ICBMs oh okay well you know what uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll launch some satellites and uh, and have laser beams shoot them out of the sky you know that kind of stuff right um certainly it's a lot less stressful well <laughs> stressful from a life or death scenario than it was 40 years ago but that's really what we have right now and so i think it's about having people in that position who are kind of used to you know, playing that game and understanding the role of television networks and what they think, how they're thinking, what they're looking for, and kind of anticipating the next moves down the line. It is kind of interesting to think about, like, let's let's go back to, you know, mid-90s or something like that. What was a conference commissioner's job then, right? Um, Sure, they were still... 
they were still, you know, dealing with TV contracts to some degree, nothing like it, like they are right now in terms of the, the value of those things. But what were they doing then that they're not going to be now or could be sort of maybe, like you said, delegated um, right now to other parts of their staff? That's that's right. What, what the heck were they doing at that point? <laughs> I mean, you know, they were trying to protect what was the college model. I saw yesterday Stuart Mandel, who writes for The Athletic, you know, tweet about how, you know, colleges for decades have been, you know, trying to say, we don't want to be like the pros. We don't want to be like the pros yet. Moves like this make it sound like they're going further in that direction. You know, the the fight to maintain the collegial atmosphere or the amateur atmosphere is the battleground has shifted somewhat. And because of that, you know, now it's about, well, we got to go out and get ours now because we don't know what the world's going to look like in five or 10 years. Mm So, um, yeah, you know, back in the day, you know, the Wayne Dukes of the world, who was an old Big Ten commissioner, their job was to keep Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler from going at each other's throats. And now it's completely now it's about keeping, you know, certain athletic directors, you know, maybe from going at each other's throats or TV or getting TV networks to get at each other's throats so that it can drive the price up. Um, That's 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 the new way. And um, and and it's it's here. You know, we can we can pine for the old days, but the old days are long gone. Yeah. And here I wonder, you know, um, if there's a decision about like last baseball season, right? What are the requirements for a, who gets to make the call about a baseball team canceling a game because of bad weather when it potentially helps them during the season? Or sure. who gets to decide which teams, you know, are going to do Friday night games and aren't going to do Friday night games during the course of the football season? And, and all of those things as well. Those are still... You know, those decisions still have to be made along the way as well. It'll be interesting to see what sort of this next this ne- next chapter looks for, like for for uh, for some of those as well. Uh, it, it's interesting now, you know, we knew Kevin Warren was stepping down, but it is, isn't it fascinating, John, how you have like these two halves of his fairly short tenure? You got the whole COVID thing, right, which, which seemed like kind of a mess. And then on the other half, you've got this whole TV contract thing. Which I think was mostly lauded. It, I mean, it's a very, it's a very short window and two very distinct parts about what he did for the conference. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. Um, it, it will be a very, a very mixed um, legacy that Kevin Warren leaves behind. Uh, um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of similar to Roger Goodell. A lot of Roger Goodell's popularity amongst the the rank and file, you know, fans and probably players isn't very high. Um, heck, he he probably isn't as very popular amongst the owners. But at the end of the day, did he make us money? If he checks that box, he's still got a job, and that's kind of what Kevin Warren did. Um, he made he made the Big Ten a lot of money, um, and so at the end of the day, he's probably going to be seen o- overall as a success. Certainly how to get there was mixed and and controversial and, you know, some of it unnecessary. But, you know, that's that's the hard, cold world of, uh, of business. You know, if you make money for the investors, you're going to be gold. Uh, if you don't, that's where you're going to get into trouble, no matter how you are as a PR person or no matter if your policies were 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 found to be popular it's 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 a bottom line business and uh and kevin warren helped the bottom line do you get the sense we might be on the verge of another one of these early summers with conference realignment where 
something kind of comes out of nowhere or close to nowhere. I think especially regarding the Pac-12 and what's going to happen there. Like, you you think this picks up again here during this offseason? I don't know because obviously the last one, I mean, we're talking the biggest brands out there. You know, USC, UCLA, um, Oklahoma, Texas. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage on Washington or Oregon, especially, but, you know, I go back to, you know, what Trev Alberts has talked about a few times is, is, you know, does it help? And I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing that he used, but, you know, are you, are you getting more out of adding a partner or are you just adding another mouth to feed? Um, and, you know, does does Oregon and Washington add to the value? And if that number comes in low, then the answer to that is no. Um, you know, at this point, at this point, it would look like adding those types of schools would be more akin to throwing out a lifeline. And then you got to go and renegotiate the deal, right? Because, you know, you're yeah. going to say, hey, we're adding we're adding a couple of more schools. Yeah. So it, it, I I don't know if anything's going to get triggered in this go around, um, just because I don't see that one or two schools out there like Texas and Oklahoma were that got people to you know step back and go whoa this is huge mm-hmm. um, you know the ACC you know appears to be in pretty good shape so it's not like the it's not like Sankey is looking at Florida State for example or Clemson and saying oh man we got to have those guys. Maybe, but I think it would take something like that, you know, to trigger the next go around. I think, you know, the, the right now, uh, a lot of those Pac-12 schools are kind of looked at as, as, as refugees at this point. And, you know, whether or not they're actually some worth to be added remains to be seen. So my, my guess is that we're not going to see a lot of activity on that front, but, you know, I've, I've been surprised before. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. What's the Big 12 continue to do? What do they, and then how about these other teams in the Pac 12 too? What exactly happens with them? Maybe, but we'll see. It's been that way kind of out of nowhere a couple of summers in a row now. We'll see if that happens again. All right, uh, John, appreciate the time. I'm working on getting all of Nebraska's intrastate baseball games canceled and bringing in, you know, Vanderbilt again or someone else to to play Nebraska (laughs) instead of Omaha or Creighton or or Doan or, you know, uh, and or Dana or I mean any, any of them anything I, they, they can be defunct and I still don't want to. They're actually going to bring back uh, UNK baseball is coming back specifically. Yeah, UNK and Dana to, College are going to coming back just yeah, to. I used to play to them. Torment. They used to play them just in Nebraska. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you soon. Have a good show today. All right. All right. We'll see you. There you go, John Bishop, Sister Station, sixteen twenty. The zone. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN.